0: Do we wanna close as soon as possible on a price that's really good and then have no revenue as soon as we close? Or do you wanna close on a delayed timeframe the second we do close within a 30 day or 45 day period of time, as we're ramping up the business, season starts and you can really profit very quickly
1: welcome to the big fat real estate checks podcast with marco kozlowski where we help investors like you get the knowledge and skills you need to replace your job with passive cash flow for life
0: so this is of course a jam session a commercial jam session which is open to any and all students and if you're listening to this on a podcast it's most likely been edited and i guess cleaned up a little bit if there's super technical questions that we don't think is relevant to the podcast then those will be eliminated and if you are asking a question that's related to a specific deal, that's fine. Happy to discuss any of those things. But make sure if you can do something that's a little as general as possible so we can answer it where it can also benefit others. So it's not super specific to one rare case. I'm happy to answer anything, of course, because that's the nature of this beast. But yeah, here I am in Montreal with my parents. Quite a little bit of time. Sorry, I'm uh, I'm getting the case of the Franks here. Can't speak.
2: It's <laughs> all uh, good. I love you.
0: I love no, it. Uh, my son, I, Frank doesn't even know this. But my dad admitted to the hospital earlier today. I didn't actually tell oh. you, Frank. And so it's been a it's pretty, here, pretty crazy day. Yeah, me too. i Is it going to be okay? That's the... I, I will, we'll know tomorrow if it's actually going to be okay or not. They're keeping oh, him overnight because he was bleeding from places you should be bleeding out of. And uh, it was pretty bad. So we'll see how that goes. And I'm not sure to put a damper on things, but I'm actually glad he's in the hospital because he's had a hernia that's gone into his let's say his nether regions for over a year and a half. And he refused to go see a doctor because my dad's extremely hard headed. And I was going to throw him over my shoulder and just take him to the hospital today. But instead, something else happened and he got to be there anyway. So it was actually a blessing in disguise. So I'm, I'm grateful that I was there when it happened. And I'm also sending away my love to him and my mom and what's going on. But please, I appreciate all your love and prayers and thoughts. So let's not make this about my dad. Let's make this really about the fact that I was able to be there because of the behaviors that we're empowering others with, I'm able to travel. I'm able to be there with my parents. I'm able to be mobile. I'm able to basically have the ability to really help those that I really care about, including you guys uh, from anywhere in the world. So that's really what this is all about. And through good process, you can really develop phenomenal skill sets that allow you to make as much money as possible, which is the whole point of us doing this Jam session. So let's roll up our sleeves and get this shit done. And Let's answer your awesome questions and just make sure you guys kick ass, take names and just have phenomenal processes for the ability to make as much money as you want. So I believe Natalia's first.
2: Yes. Our prayers are with your father. So your I appreciate that. that. Thanks. Okay, Thank Natalia, you. you are up.
3: Hi, guys. I Hello. missed you.
4: Hi, Natalia. Oh. Likewise. Can you hear me? Yes, you the- can.
3: Okay, so I got your disclaimer, Marco, so I'll try to keep it as general as possible. <laughs> <laughs> so the question is, if in my case, the seller wants to sell, but only delayed the terms, how can we put it on paper?
0: Yes, I did uh, ask you to WhatsApp me a little bit later, and you did. And I actually have a solution for you, but I don't want to do it right now because there is two ways that we can do it. And it'll be so technical that no one will understand exactly how it's been done. So I'm actually going to be back in Florida on Friday for the weekend. I have a few things to take care of. And then I'm going to fly back and I can actually talk to you on Friday. So if you want to WhatsApp me, I'll give you a time on uh, Friday that we can actually chat and I'll tell you exactly what to do next. Okay. But just to answer her question in a more general way, so everyone understands it. I hear myself. Does everyone hear me? I hear
2: a little bit sometimes.
0: Are those at home, the boys and girls at home, can you hear me twice or is it just me that's hearing things in my head?
3: At times, I would say at times.
0: Okay. Maybe we mute ourselves when the other person talks. Would that be more helpful? All right. Yeah, maybe I think that might be a good thing. Yeah, now I don't hear an echo. So there's a seller that needs to sell, and we want to do a close and this is a hospitality asset and right now the season is, there's a season to this specific business in this specific area of the country. And the way we wanna structure the closing is if we tie it up, right, we've already agreed on price, which is actually very, very good. It's already a really good price the way it is. But if we buy it now at this price and close, by the time we close, the season's over. And we have a holding period of a basically a dead period of time. So do we wanna close as soon as possible on a price that's really good and then have no revenue as soon as we close or do you want to close on a delayed time frame the second we do close within a 30-day or 45-day period of time as we're ramping up the business the season starts and you can really profit very quickly so which one of those two things do you think is a better strategy closing as soon as possible at the right price or agreeing on a price in the future that's locked in And then closing. So the day that we do close, like this is in six months from now when the season opens again, it's actually going to be a very strong season. I'm not going to say what industry or where it is, but let's just say it's extremely good price, extremely good area. And now the question is, is, is it now better or is it better to wait and then just profit? So when we buy these things, there's a mortgage. And if you're buying something and then you know, you're paying a mortgage with a very low season, it's going to be really difficult on the business. So the answer is obvious. You want to delay it. So the question that Natalia really has is how do we structure a deal like this where we can lock in the price and we're not in a position where we're, let's say we lock in the price, we put an earnest money deposit today, which is not going to be an unreasonable amount, but still some, It's these are six, seven, $8 million assets. These are large assets. So it's difficult to postpone the EMD At that level, but it can, but not in this case since there's a delay. And if we have a period of time where it's non-refundable, which is possible, and we wait too long, then the building could literally collapse during that time. And then we're now closing on a property where we're past our due diligence period and something could happen to the property where they literally burn it down to the ground and we're closing on a property that is no longer there. So hopefully everyone understands kind of the conundrum. So do we Look at it now, or do we look at it later? And how do we structure this where it's airtight and we're not going to lose the farm by doing too many things up front and nothing later, or too much later and then lose the price? So there's a few ways that we can skin this proverbial cat. I never want to skin actual cats because that's gross, but we want to, you know, we want to make sure that we're protecting ourselves, protecting the price, and closing within a reasonable time frame where we actually can hit the ground running and not close in the middle of the season, but well before the season so we can wrap up our employees and wrap up our marketing and making sure that we wouldn't be too close within a short period of time. We're cashing in big time. So Friday, Natalia, I'll give you a couple options if you're available. And I hope your surgery went well, by the way. I know you went through some surgery yes, as well. Yes,
3: I, um, yeah, I have my staples removed. I'm okay.
0: Okay, good. Excellent. Yeah. So
3: I have another question also, I, I'm to pretty the,
0: whoa, close. Whoa, 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 two questions, one person. What the hell's going on here?
3: But we allow that.
2: We allow that.
3: Not <laughs> counted. <laughs> it's a good answer. So I'm pretty close to the gap, like to my strike on an asset. And uh, because now it's the vacation is coming, it's a downtime, I don't know, even if like I'm very close to that. It's a commercial building, 50% occupancy. And based on this 50%, we are like, my strike is 874 and the on 900. So it, it's very close. If I put it under contract at some point during vacation, what am I doing? Where I, am I coming? Yeah. Like, what?
0: what do you mean on vacation? I don't understand. I have nothing to do with your deal. If you're at 50% occupancy at a 14.34 cap, the hell are you doing waiting?
2: Yeah, take it, tie it down, 100%. What the hell Even are you, if doing, me, you Yeah, you're I very do you know close. You better to, than this.
3: Yeah, I'm ping-ponging exactly, but I promised on like high EMD. I need to like. Well, mm-hmm. you promised
0: high EMD, yeah, but you're at an impasse, right? So we can't take your number, and the only way that we're going to get to your number is by doing a, a, an EMD at this way. So you have an impasse. Go back to your curriculum and look at impasse solution. That's why we have an impasse and impasse solution. You don't say yes, you say no. And then you leave the store and you follow the ritual around leaving the store. And it's in the new curriculum, the 2.0 version. I have videos exactly on what to do in this case.
3: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Tie it up I, I or someone else will. I know technically what to do, but when it's like, let's say I have paperwork in place, I don't know what, what to do next. That's w- what Worry, I don't
2: about know. That. Worry about that once you get the property tied down. And, and Gabe and I are still here. Marco is on vacation, but he's on a semi-quasi vacation. Like he always says, so if, you know, he's always there for, for everyone, um, if shit does hit the fan and we still have communication with Marco. So if you send in a ticket through our support system and you need help with DD or due diligence and we can't answer for whatever reason, which is next to impossible almost, but, but if we can't, we will call the wizard of Oz, Marco, and he shall appear and he'll help you out. But I don't want you to lose that opportunity. Uh, the only guy hard to to reach is
4: Frank right now. Yeah. Yeah, Frank's in his backyard working.
2: That's okay. I got the computer there. It pings me each time the ticket goes to. So you're taken care of. Tie it down.
0: 100%. Impasse, impasse solution. Tie it down. Now. You're good, Natalia?
3: Uh, Yeah, I have a draft. She
0: hasn't tied it up. Natalia, I'm going to ignore all your calls if you don't tie this down by Friday.
3: (laughs) Okay.
2: There you go. You got something to do.
0: Who is next?
2: Okay. Frank, who's next? Yeah. And the queues in on. the... Let's go in the queues. Some shut. Oh, William, you know the drill here. You're not going to get on, it away. Uh, by... uh, uh, he, typed question... he typed a question yeah. in. That's a no-no, so we're going to unmute you. William, yeah, um, you always do this. You're not a rookie anymore. Uh, I know. It's okay. We punish here. William, unmute yourself. There you Yo. go. Hello. Hello, so, hello,
5: hello. There's... I haven't heard any mention of if you're looking at these properties and a lot of them are now unpriced. What do you it's mean? It's like we're uh, not, they're no, they're not priced yet. So, that's what I figured.
2: Unpriced. So, no price disclosed those ones and no figure, asking
5: price. Yeah. No
2: asking price. All right.
5: They're fishing for the highest offer. 100% so they're doing that. Just treat it like normal. Just write NOI strike ABC response cat 3 go.
0: You lost me at strike because on a cat three, there's no strike. Exactly. So you wasted your time there. And if let's say this isn't real estate, sorry, Frank, for interrupting you. Okay. I know this is your show. I'm I'm a guest here. No. Nope. Uh, and I mean that I really do. Listen, if you are going to buy a car and you ask, what's the price on this? Say, well, make me an offer on the car. What the hell are you going to do, man? You're going to offer the highest price. Is that what you're going to do? Mr. William, that, answer, that types in the questions instead of asking the question live, like everyone else should.
5: This is my first commercial jam. So, Hey.
0: William, we're we're just laughing as we can because we love you. (laughs) Thank you. I appreciate it. So, again, William, so Mr. William, what are you going to do? You're at a car dealer. You're looking at this car and catches your eye and say, what's this going to cost? Say, well, make us an offer. We're looking for the highest one. What are you going to say?
5: I'll give him a low offer or no thanks. Cat three. Yeah, exactly. My offer would be so low you'd be offended.
0: We'd be so hard on price, you're gonna hate it, and we're gonna make you an offer. If we do, you're gonna absolutely wanna slap us around. That's exactly right. Yep. That's what I and thought. And I just
2: wanted to add, and the reason they do that, William, and everyone else for that reason, they do that because they want to go back to the seller and say, Hey, look what I got. I look at all these offers I got on the table. And that's why they're trying to blind swipe and they're trying to play that game. Don't you know, don't do that. You go back to them and if they say offers are due by the 30th, and you're gonna get that too, and you to go, Great, I'll phone you on the thirty-first or on the first and see how it right. happens. So you got to play that positioning game. You don't show yourself you're motivated or not motivated, emotional attached to that. That's the game the realtors play and let them play that game. And if it does sell, you were never their buyer anyways at that point. So you kick it back saying, I don't know the amount. And if we do, it's going to be awful. So when you're ready to lower your price and, or give us a price in this case, then we can see if we're considering to buy it with our cash. If not, we'll look just elsewhere.
5: Just to clarify, don't ignore them, but treat them uh, at, yeah, got
2: it. threes. Yep. yeah, got yeah, three.
5: yeah, perfect. That's what I thought. Thank you. Thank okay. you, sir. I have another.
2: You you have another question? I guess not
4: just kidding. All just right. kidding. Okay, yeah. cool. look if you look if you typed <laughs> it in.
2: Okay, so, Sean, you are up on the jam. Sean. Yeah, hey guys. Good to see you again. Yes, it's been too long.
6: I have a question regarding an asset that you guys participated in me acquiring. We had a budget and try and keep this generic. So let's say you have investors who put money in, they're lenders, but they'll get some skin once we cash out refinance and they get paid off in full and they'll they'll get some of the equity in the future cash out and the future cash flow stream. But we're out of money for the rehab and we still have rehab to go. My options are go back to them and offer them more equity in exchange for cash or finance some out of my own assets.
4: Have you, well, there's a couple of ways you can do this, but have you already given them back some of the money or are you just basically requiring more for your project?
6: Yeah, we just require more for the project. We're still still working on having...
4: Yeah, what you're going to do is, well, I think the best thing to do here is a capital call where all the partners bring in money based on their equity position. And then if certain partners don't want to bring in the money or don't have the money and someone else can bring in all the money, then you're going to have to have a an equity reshuffle so that you can help them out. Or you can just use it as a private loan, as another mortgage. If it's just one investor bringing in the money, there's a bunch of different ways to do this, but it's going to depend on what type of returns you're expecting for that rehab to be completed.
0: Frank, go ahead. I'll be last. No, time.
2: I was just going to say, Sean, if you got equity partners and this I recommend for anyone in their operating agreement, in the event there is a capital call and some investors or some uh, equity partners can't make that call, there should be language in your operating agreement saying that if one member does come, it would be treated or as a loan to the entity. And you get paid a certain percent, a fixed percent. Like I know when we went into a joint venture and we had some equity partners, we had if one partner can't come with the capital call, yes, you can do what Gabe said, reduce their equity stake, or you can loan it to the LLC or legal entity, and, and it's a fixed 10% interest and you get back on refi.
4: So if the, you can it afford be- it. Yeah. If the project can afford it, right? The cash flow on that debt. So that's that's what I'm saying is you really have to establish what you can and what you can't do and then work with those parameters.
0: And make sure the money that you're borrowing actually can support it. Number one and two is if it can, then make sure it's first money out as well. So there's some incentive. So if there's, let's say, 20 grand that's needed and 20 grand is invested at, let's say, we'll use 11% or even 12%. So it would be a 20 grand, it'd be $2,000 a year. Actually, it'd be $200 a month, $2,400 a year. But that would be interest accruing only. And then as soon as there's refi or any money that goes out, that gets paid first. So it becomes supreme first position loan or position from whichever place that you're getting it. So it also incentivizes the person or the group that is putting the money to get the project done, some extra juice at a higher interest rate and first money out. So nobody gets paid until that first position is paid, if that makes any sense.
6: Yeah. Yeah. Gotcha. So offer it to the two people that had put money in to start. And if either or both of them don't want to increase or enable and position do the capital call, then that alternate solution would be that, what you just proposed.
0: Yes. And And just tell them that. Yes. And then say, be very clear saying we're going to get the money from a different source, but they're going to get first money out because without this money, we can't complete the project. There has to be a clarity as to why you're also delayed or under budget or over budget actually, where Why is it that you borrowed the money and now you need more when this should have been covered? So you really need to have a good explanation around it. And that's why I always suggest to overborrow by at least 20 or 30% because Murphy happens, right? There's always going to be Murphy. And if you have more money than you always need, you won't be in these awkward positions where you're like, shit, I'm missing. I don't know how much you're missing, but also if you're missing a portion that is really going to make the deal, which is what Gabe said earlier, not viable, you need to have a hard look as to even be careful not to borrow more money, just rob Peter to pay Paul, because that will eventually catch up to you, and then you're sinking a lot of ships at the same time and a lot of relationships too. It's a
4: Ponzi. <laughs> yeah,
0: it's exactly what it is, and I don't think you'd look very good in orange. Just my thought. <laughs> I don't think it's your color, but it's yeah. Be careful. So just make sure the it has legs. That's all.
4: And just to add to this, and this is for everyone here, it's not Sean, you know exactly why you're over budget here. There's maybe you planned correctly, maybe you didn't. But for those of you when you're using other people's money, the one thing that's important, one thing that investors don't like is capital calls. That's the one thing that you want to try and avoid. And to Marco's point, is you wanna maybe over borrow a little bit because at the end of the day, it's if you've borrowed too much and you've actually completed your project, either at budget or under budget or slightly over budget, if there's extra money that's still lying around that you no longer need, you can always return that money to the investors if you have to, and that's gonna always look better than you asking for more money. So just plan accordingly. And again, Sean, I don't wanna kind of single you out here because I don't know what happened and whether it was a mistake on planning, whether it was Murphy showing up. I'm sure that the next time you're going to be doing a project, you're gonna borrow a lot more than you've planned or planned for. It this is, it's just a learning curve. It's part of the process. We've all done this at least once in the past. But if you're looking into doing this and you want to work with other people's money, just always remember that capital calls are the first indicator that something's wrong. Even though it's not necessarily the case internally and you know what you're doing from a passive investor standpoint or someone from the outside looking in, it, it raises a red flag, which is not something that you
0: want. Yeah, And, and that's especially- why I wonder
6: if I shouldn't just make it up myself
0: to avoid having to do get to that point. Sorry, Frank. I think you should communicate because that's good. And I think hiding things from your team is bad. So I think being upfront and transparent saying, listen, here's what happened. Here's why it happened. I hate to do this, but there's a capital call and I would like to give you the first opportunity to get first money out. And here's how we're going to structure this as long as it's extremely clear as to why. If it was just, I was a dumbass and I didn't have predict this and I didn't predict this and I didn't predict that. I'm going to ask you guys to help bail me out here. And in exchange, I'm going to give you X, Y, and Z plus X, Y, and Z. So you're basically going to incentivize them for the mistake that you've made. And if you've made a mistake, own up to it. Just say, you know what? I fucked up. Here's what happened. The reason I'm able to teach is because of all the damn mistakes I've made. And I made a shit ton of them. So you're definitely not the first person ever to have this happen to them. Frank's never, ever done anything on your budget. I was just just going to say, yeah. (laughs) Thanks, Marco. But I was going to
2: say that, Sean. Listen, when you do retrofits, retrofits rehabs, it's nearly impossible to find, though, or to be within budget. And you got to leave that margin of error because when you start opening up walls and floors and things like that, you're going to find things and you can't cover it up. At least I don't think you're that type of person to cover it up. And I know when I was doing some of my rehabs, it was terrible. Every time they peeled a wall back, I think I chose, I shared the story. There was mold with eyes and legs on it. Like you don't anticipate that. But once you find that, you have the remaining walls all and being transparent to your partners and saying, Hey, you know, this is what happened. It's the name of the beast when you're doing retrofit. It's actually easier and you're more on budget on a new development because the engineer and the architect and the builder have everything in plan, and they're within like five, seven percent. But on retrofits, yeah, you don't know what you get. So it's it's like Forrest Gump. You don't know what you're gonna get in a box of chocolate. Like you don't know what you're gonna get in the end. So be transparent is the biggest thing.
4: And the way your agreement is set up, from my understanding, is that your investors right now don't actually own any equity. They're just getting paid an interest, and their equity kicks in only upon a refinance, right? Is that what I understood? Yes. So if that's correct, then in theory, you're the one who's got to bring the money to the table because you're the only one who's got equity.
6: Yeah, right. And that's what, okay. So a capital
0: call, I just need to keep them in the loop because they're vested.
4: A hundred percent. You got to say that.
0: There's nothing wrong with with them, with him saying, hey, I'll give you equity in exchange for this either. Like you can actually, you can do what the hell you want. It's your business. So just make sure that whatever you're doing, you're disclosing and over-disclosing and they understand once again, why. You don't want to look like the guy that's trying to milk equity or equity skim either, because that'll cause problems on the refi. So same answer, be over-disclosed, make sure everyone understands why. And if you're putting in more money and they're like, well, that's not our problem and they insist on keeping the equity portion that they have, then guess what? Cost of doing business, buddy.
4: Right. But again, because he's structured where it's 100% him, he's the only one who has equity right now. If the, let's say it was a 33, let's say you were three people and it's a third each, then the expectation is that when there's a capital call, everyone must bring their percentage to the table. In your case, you can actually ask them for help and structure it differently where it stays the same and it can be first money in, first money out. So that's something you can do. But ultimately, if they might come and tell you, well, hey, this is your property. We're just lenders here. It's interest only. So
1: you make that decision.
4: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but this is a Rated R podcast. Yes, it is. So we're allow- allow He's allowed to but, do but that. It's, it's, yeah, but it's only
2: for the visually impaired. Yeah. But there you have it, Sean. It's your party. Do what you want and be transparent.
6: And I'll cry if I want to. All right. If you want,
2: Thanks, guys. but it's not going to help you. You can cry a little that's bit, right? Yeah, There's nothing wrong you with crying. You might feel
4: better, but that's fine.
2: You're good, it's Sean? Like All right, man. No, thank you. Okay. Francesco, goes to next? Mary. Oh, Mary, you're writing a novel. Okay, I forgive you for this one, but I'm going to unmute you. It's more fun when we talk to you. It's not fun just reading it. Mary, where are you? Here you go. Mary, unmute yourself. That was quick.
7: All right. So I had to learn about the little, not putting the
8: question in.
2: Yes, but we're old. We're old farts. Or oh, at least I am and Marco is. Gabe's still a young chap, even though he's got no hair. But I can't read <laughs> shit in the little box. Yeah, Thanks,
8: Frank, for that. I
2: appreciate
7: it. <laughs> hey, I'll try to write it in a first grade level.
2: Okay? Uh, no, I don't or, want you to write it at all. I just want you to put to my, the letter which, Q or the question mark. Yes. All right. But right. the
4: letter Q needs to be in font 48 or something bigger.
2: <laughs> okay. <laughs>
7: My question is, basically, I'm just kind of going through the, I'm new to the program, I'm going through the Silver 2.0, and it's very good, by the way. I like the way it's been restructured. Everything seems really nice and clear. But my question is, we always talk about, when we're going through ABCs and all of that, we talk about being able to write a check today, that kind of thing. And I'm thinking in my head, logistically, there's really no way, if you're not using any of your own money, you're going to be able to quickly fund it within a day. Am I right to assume there will be some time frame we'll need to actually pull the money together to provide them and do the close? Or am
2: I missing something? Marcos? Can, can I answer yes. that? Yes, you may. Thank can you, man. Master.
0: I appreciate that. So if you were going to go into a car dealer and you said, I want to write a check for the car today, there's paperwork that has to be done. And if it's a used car specifically, you're going to want to get the car inspected before you actually write the check. You can write the check today. It doesn't mean you will write the check today. So by saying that you're going to want to write the check today, it means that you have the money available. And as soon as we do have an agreement, there's a due diligence period that we have to have in order to make sure that the property checks out. Now, having money and being foolish are not synonymous. Would you agree with that?
7: <laughs> I would hope so.
0: Right. Well, so you're either going to write the check and buy anything, or you're going to write the check, check it out. And if it checks out, then you'll buy it. And by the, the way that our paperwork is done, that's exactly how it works. You write the check. Once the checks and balances are done and the asset-based lenders that we have, they, we basically create an underwriting package with the due diligence checklist that we use. So by the time it goes to underwriting, they go, you've given us everything we need so we can close within 10 days, which is exactly what's written on the contract. So we're basically having a conversation that leads us to contract on exactly what we're going to do. And that is created, guess how, Natalia? Do you remember this? What is it, Natalia? It's through an impasse, right? So the impasse allows us to create terms. Without the impasse, there's no terms. So the impasse allows us to get to terms and the only way we're going to get a discount, Mary, is by establishing that we want right to write the check today, that we want the money, that we want the property today, we want to write the check today, we have too much money, we need to use it when right now. Just like going to a pawn shop, if someone, if you go to a pawn shop and they say, yeah, we get you paid in three months from now, no one's going to that pawn shop, it's out of business. Because people go into the pawn shop to get money when? Now. Right. So if they don't have a belief that we can close, we're not getting a discount, so remember that. Okay. I'm done now, I'm dropping the mic, that's it. You guys can do it. Right <laughs> psychology.
7: Great. Thanks. And can I have one quick follow-up question? If you're in the silver program, can we have um, consider things like mobile home parks too, or do we just kind of strictly sticking with multifamilies? Is there an asset class restriction?
2: There is. There is on each. Each level has uh, asset classes. They also have different ways to create deals and take down deals uh, creatively. So. Each, that's why we have, because as Marco says, the trajectory is going to be different whether you're looking at a five-unit or a 15-unit and a 50 or a hotel, mobile home park, assisted living facility. They're all different asset classes with different formulas. So your curriculum that you have access to is specifically designed for up to that 15. So it's going to be difficult for you to go into a different asset classes because the numbers change and taking down that property creatively is also going to change.
0: Mm-hmm. Okay. also a mobile home park that has 15 spots is not going to be a park that you necessarily want either. Cause it's not going to be sustainable. So it falls in line with You want a larger mobile home park with larger amount of units that make it actually better to buy. So it's not that we're trying to hide mobile home parks from you necessarily. It's just that a 15 unit mobile home park is not going to make that much money the way that the asset's structured. So it's better to have more units and that falls into the gold category. Sadly, now you can always upgrade whenever you want. I'm not saying that you should now, Silver's fabulous. You get all the bells and whistles you need, and we're going to help and and be there next to you until you've closed more than 15 units. So when you have 16 is when our agreement is over and we won't stop. We're like herpes. We'll just keep coming back. You keep coming back. We're tied to each other until you actually close that number. So we'll, we'll help problem. you. No problem. <laughs> okay. Thanks, guys. Oh, you've always, it. it's, it's better than herpes because it pays you every month as opposed to. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I-, I don't know how. We're not I've got herpes. It. Nor do I wish to. I don't know how that works, but I don't think herpes gives you money every month. But I know we do, and that's all. Are, are you good, that. Mary? <laughs> yeah. Thanks. Okay, you're welcome and welcome. I had her at herpes.
2: Okay. Oh well. Yeah. She, she's a little grossed out, but she's fine. Okay. We got Dwayne. You are next. Hello. 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 What's up, Dwayne? So, I got a couple questions on Section Eights. I'm processing a deal right now, working on it. And there's some seven units out of 36 that are section eights. And in looking for properties, seems like section eights are more expensive when you compare and process stuff. Is that usually the rule of thumb? I'm thinking because I remember Frank talking about if you can get a property approved for section eight, it's worth it's more valuable, probably because you got a guarantee coming from the government. But I understand one thing, Dwayne. Yes, people like the stability and they like the government to be your tenant, because Section 8, for those who don't know, it's a subsidy program for people that have financial hardship. The U.S. government gives subsidized, so if your rent's like a 1000 depending on your household and who's in your household and your income, they subsidize most, not all, most of the rent. And lenders, they salivate for those type of properties because the tenant is basically HUD, your government. But HUD can still go away, number one. And number two, in terms of value, it's still going to be based, like if you have two brick and mortar buildings, just say 10 story each, I mean, 10 units each, one has section eight, but it's it's making whatever, 10,000 a month. And the other one's not, and it's making $20,000 a month. Which one is going to be worth more? The 20,000. It's always going to go back to what is it generating? What's the income potential on that particular property? Even if there are two identical properties, sister cut properties, it's the income approach on commercial. So Maybe lenders like the stability, but in my eyes, it's not necessarily worth more if you can get more. Otherwise, it's a good property to get into if you can have more section eights, 100%, especially in these times uh, where but the government paying and people are in financial hardship.
4: But sellers might think it's worth more, and so they might be asking for more. It's, it's This is where yeah. it's your role to narrow it down to what the numbers are and just keep working the process. Whether it's section eight or not, there's really no difference to you. Until you become the landlord, in which case, you're going to be extremely happy with Section 8.
0: Okay. I would actually use Section 8 as a reason to get a discount. In that Section 8, we've had a lot of problems with that. It's harder to get rid of them.
4: Inspection. They don't
0: take care of the, the inspection. it's harder it with the leases that you have. It's very difficult for us to... If you don't have the right lease, Section 8, you can't evict on them damaging the property. And our leases, you can So if they don't have the right leases, then it's like, hey, you know what? Uh, They could destroy the property. They're not paying. Our experiences, they really don't take care of the place, which means that when we get in, you're going to have all these problems to fix it, which is going to cost us money, which means we need to discount. So if you learn how to chain well, which is what we learned at Success Reflex, and if you take those chaining abilities to take whatever they think is a good thing, oh, it's 100% occupied. Fuck, that's terrible. Here's why. Oh, it's 50% occupied. Fuck, that's terrible. Here's why. Oh, there's management in place here's why it's terrible oh there's no management in place oh my gosh here's why it's terrible so there's always a way to find something terrible about the asset if you understand how to spin things where you can use it to your favor so as you mentioned they want more i think is what we heard it's what i heard anyway use that to your advantage that it's not as good as what they might think it is and again there's going to be pushback on that the first time which is fine it's in your follow-up where this thing is worth more so we're going to get what we want, go to hell. No problem. See you next month. Come back next month. Still hasn't sold. What happened? I thought this is going to fly off the shelf. It's still for sale. What's going on? Is there anything wrong with the property? Is there anything wrong? Why hasn't it sold? What's going on? What's really going on here? And then you can, with the follow-up becomes the fortune, as you know, and you can really hammer the price down, build that relationship and eventually get exactly what you're looking for through good follow-up sequences.
2: Also, Dwayne, I've I've seen some properties where the housing authority for that county gets involved and they secure a monthly rent for these tenants. And sometimes the market rent is significantly higher. And because you committed with that housing authority for that county for one year, whatever it is for X amount of units, you're kind of locked in place to honor that for that one year, preventing you from optimizing the property because you're on a fuse. When you buy a property, your whole objective is you want to optimize it as quickly as possible raise the value as quickly as possible so you can refi and cash out your primary lenders and get some more money on top so sometimes yes it is good to have section 8 because it is a stable source of income but at the same time it could hamper your efforts in the optimization so it's not all gravy like marco said we're like kids we're always kicking and screaming even if it is a good deal we're always kicking and screaming and that's what we preach in success reflex and the 3 day event is everything's bad and that's the approach you want to take. Okay, nice guys. Is that
0: helpful? You bet, yep.
2: Okay, Dwayne, thank you for that. All righty, Maz, fellow Canadian Maz, Maz, Maz. Maz, you're up, buddy. Maz, don't disappoint me now, man. I just gave you a, Maz, there you go. Yes, we can hear you. I'm so happy to see you. I hope you're doing well yeah <laughs> are you talking to marco the other marco i know it says marco all, right? all of you, i'm really all frank of you. Yeah.
9: the two well, marcos but and the one game yeah i have a question and you know it this is rv park has working on for last year about year and this is a very hard hard seller and the hard property it was in um they were in uh, they were listed at 1.8 million dollar Then I negotiated to 1.1. Then after that, we go down for 960-ish. And they sign an agreement. They send it. But they just change all the DD period stuff because they didn't have uh, basically anything. And whatever they sent me, it is just uh, they can make it up. They can write it down by themselves. It is not true. So we can't. Basically, we don't have any DD at all. After we talked to them, uh, Frank, we discovered and other things, it is the real reason why this is going on. This is industry property. This is oil and gas. So we just told them we are going to send you two offers with one will cash and one seller finance. This is what the the agent said. They're okay to seller finance. That's why we're going to do it by seller finance as well. But I don't want to lose and I don't want any trouble so i want to lower my risks so and um, but i don't know even if for example if they say yes to the um, for example let's say to the cash how i can find a lender for that or how i can mitigate my risk is there any other way to limit it my risk for example let's say no payment for three to six months until we just upgrade it, or just fix the management or something and then we will pay you this and that like uh, you did Marco with uh, other hotels as you had or what is the best thing we can do to minimize our risk in all properties like they don't have DD it is no DD
4: but Maz if you have the option of seller finance and getting a direct loan wouldn't it be mitigating your risk to have the seller finance in there because you owe them the money
9: yeah, because the seller finance is seller finance because I have to pay them anyway, and uh, I have to refinance in two years. So
4: I think Marco's trying to get the attention. I'm, get I'm not <laughs> sure. <laughs> he's landing. I think he's landing a plane. I don't know. <laughs>
2: Before I make my comment, let's. Marco's doing a very good effort trying to get our attention. So go ahead, Mark.
0: So, for like in Charles's deal, where we had identical scenarios where the building was empty, there was nothing going on, there was an ALF that was possibly could be done there. We did odor financing, no payments for 90 days period. And in order for them to get rid of us, they would have to foreclose. And then we actually extended that 90 days up to almost 180 because of the issues the property had. So they can opt to take it back or Zero payments with zero down for three months is what we did with Charles. And you can do, whenever you have a property where there's a problem, just don't offer an owner financing. I've been privy to this because I've been away for a month, but I appreciate you guys getting to this point, which is phenomenal. It's just make sure that when you're doing either cash or owner finance, you do it where you can't lose no matter what they choose, right? The point of going into something else is not to put yourself at risk, But to say, okay, either you'll do this or I'll buy cash at this number. No matter what they choose, you don't give a shit because they're both great. And if you offer at the right price, listen, this thing, if in operation is going to be worth way more than 2 million bucks. And if you're buying this for $500,000 all cash, you can't lose. And if you'll find private money, shit, I'll lend you the money. I can't lose. All you have to do is fill it a little bit and then you can just dump it, pump and dump it if you have to. Go ahead, Frank.
2: Yeah, Maz, we went on a a seller call. So this is an RV park and the agent was trying to pitch to Maz that sales have spiraled downwards significantly. It was making $30,000 a month and it went down to six. And the story that the agent was preaching was that the management, the owners found the new puppy, found the new property, basically a marina where they want to live out the rest of their years on earth. So they kind of forgot about this property. They weren't on premises, but I didn't buy it. That management, because he sounds like he was you know, the owners were business people, they own an RV dealership as well. Like, why would they go from 30,000 and see this thing go down to 6,000 a month? There's something else. And as we were having this conversation with the agent, we did find out that it was industry dependent, which is oil. And I was skeptical. I was like, well, oil is at 75 bucks a barrel or somewhere in or around there. And if it's still not full, and I go, how much of your clientele is based on oil? And he said, over 70%. So it's not because management absentees, it's because workers are absentees. There's no one wanting to go there because the oil patch is not open. I go, if the oil patch is not open at 75 bucks a barrel, if it hits a hundred, maybe you're going to trickle, but it's not going to stay there, at least in my opinion. So it's very dangerous getting into industry related. So we said, listen, we're going to put our caps on backwards. We're going to think of something. We're going to probably give you two offers. You're probably going to hate both, but we got to mitigate our risk. And that's why I asked Maz to come up with a very low cash offer, even lower. I think we're in the half a million. I know they started at 1.8. But mm-hmm. as Marco said, if they accept your half a million, then it's a great deal. You will find a lender because the potential in that it was making 28, 30,000 before. Yes. And, and you can do that, but that 500,000 will mitigate that. But we also wanted to give them a second option, say, Hey, you don't want the low cash. I know it's low cash, but we're taking all the risk. If you don't want that, then you owner finance this. And we'll give you the money later until you optimize it. So I hope you did that. I remember sending in a ticket today. You forgive me, I was a little bit late. But with respect to the DD, we can always defer their payment, maybe for six months, until we get it to actually see that it is performing. And I got a thumbs up from Marco. So I was taught well by the master.
9: So right now, I have to say seller finance, but we are not going to pay for six months.
2: I wouldn't get it to terms right now. Just lay it out to them. Just say owner financing, this is what it is. Yes or no? And then you get into the nitty gritties and the
4: nuts and bolts. Or the stealing yeah.
9: cash. But they have to pay uh, seller finance more than 500, right?
4: Of course, you can't
0: do yes. if, if if much more You can't more say $500,000 yeah. $500, cash or 500,000 owner no. finance. What do they going to take? And that's what
2: you did in your ticket, Maz. And I told you, I go, why is the amount the same? The yeah. owner finance has to be uh, higher.
9: I was thinking it should be close to what we offer right now, the accepted, or it, it has to be much less than that?
2: Oh, no, no, no. It's going to be less than, because we had a conversation with the agent. It's going to be yeah. the five of the thousand is way below. You accepted what? You guys were at 900?
9: Yeah, it was 965. Yeah, no,
2: it's going to be less than that. We peeled the onion back.
0: It's About terrible.
9: 750 ish.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I have an idea. You could actually do three where it's I'll give you exactly what we agreed on, but I won't pay you for a year owner financed, or I'll start paying you in six months at this a lower rate, let's call it 700, or I'll pay you a $500,000 in cash today. So you have three options. Because honestly, if, the, if if you can get this thing up to, this is a $3 million park if you play your cards right. So if you got this thing for 900,000 and change and had no payments for a year, who the fuck cares? Pardon my French, right? Mm-hmm. But yeah. if it's, you could do a third option. So I agree with Frank, but you could say, listen, if you want this number, we're not giving these for a year. If you want something less, we could start sooner or this. Anyway, okay, the
4: that. Is the,
9: not, whatever we agree, 965, but we are not going to pay you for a year.
0: But I wouldn't say it that way. You no. don't say I'm not paying you for a year. Yeah, exactly. Because <laughs> No one wants to hear that. You have to say it. your language can't be you know, it's going to hurt real bad. It has to be, you're going to get paid. You know, you're going to get paid within this amount of time. Yep. So you have to just less. Yes. <laughs> yes. Use language that is kind, not yes. you're never going to get paid at this price. <laughs> no, not like that. Or I'll give you $500,000 in cash and you can order finance it at $500,000 cash. Which one do you think you'd like?
9: <laughs> yes, got it. Perfect. Thank you very much. I appreciate it.
2: If you want, uh, Maz, just uh, uh, prep the response to the agent and uh, send it to Deals. We'll take a look at it.
0: I will send it to you right uh, after. No, don't send it right now, Maz. Read it three times before you send it over and then send it over. I uh, know Maz's responses very well. No <laughs> offense, Maz. Read them first, then send them. Frank, I'm doing you a solid. You're gonna look- I know, Thank I you know.
2: I, I'm, I'm happy to help. All right, there you go, Maz. Are, are you you're good on that?
0: Yes, yes, I will.
2: Okay. Awesome. Okay, let's move on, shall we? We got Peter. You are next. Peter, Peter, Peter. There uh, you go. Peter, welcome. Hey, guys, how are you? Uh, we're doing fine. Good. Excellent.
10: Um, look, I, I hope this question is fitting for this forum, but um, I was listening to one of the podcasts the last week or two, and, Frank, you were talking about your son and how he's, you know, getting back into the business and focusing on marketing at the moment. And uh, I think – I can't remember the exact numbers you were saying, but, I mean, you were referencing that he's trying to get out, I don't know, 50, 50 inquiries a day or something of that nature. And I guess I was just sort of trying to wonder how he's going about that and um, where he's focusing on because that's uh, that's probably – a yeah, I guess so what? We'll, he, uh, we're
2: on. Yeah, what he's doing? He's a teenager, number one. So he's he wants to get back into it because he wants to. He got a house before, um, uh, uh, three years ago, four years ago, forgive me. And he wanted to get back into it because uh, I think I told the story that he wants to play soccer. He wants to go to Europe for like next summer, and it's gonna cost money. So he's like, Dad, I, I want to get another house because we sold the house that he had. Did like a lease option, then we ended up selling it anyways. Uh, so he made his such money, a, da- daddy, daddy, owes, a bad
0: dad. daddy, daddy, a bad daddy, dad. owes, he, I know. He, daddy, take it and take it away. What the hell? Take it <laughs> away. But
2: well, not, well listen, yeah. I, I gave the say on that. I go, listen, you know, the prices went up and, and, you know, it, 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 it we sold the last year and, and it was a seller's market. So but it's okay. It went to good use, but anyways, he wanted to do it and and I showed them the, um, uh, the marketing campaign, and because he can't talk, he has a crack. You know, he's he's still going through puberty. He's, he's gonna he's gonna be talking with the high voice, and he's gonna go with the deep voice, and he's gonna go cracking his voice. So he can't do that. So he's got to do email campaign, and he goes, "This is boring."
4: Frank, are you the not so silent partner here? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> are you so, saying that Massimo
2: can't talk? Not Massimo, that's Gianluca. He, he could talk, oh, but oh,
0: okay. yes, he, he uh, can talk. But of, he you can go to the library more often, I understand. His,
2: yeah. his voice is crackling at times. So. But, anyways, he was doing the emails, and he goes, This is boring. And I go, Well, listen, he goes, Is there a way to automate this shit? And I go, Well, maybe. I go, There's different uh, software they can use. So he's using something like Aweber, and he's tapping into lists, um, uh, which we don't really uh, uh, teach, but he's tapping into lists like probates where yeah. people pass and people get property so he's getting those lists from list brokers and he's following it through a or FusionSoft or mailchimp where it automate automated automatically if excuse me um, uh, sends out an email uh, now you get hit and miss with this. Yes, there is large uh, volumes on it, but there's very little responses back. But yes, every every Monday, uh, this list gets triggered. It goes to his aWeber and it spits out an email. Hey, we're in, you know we got some capital. He does a little spiel that I helped him with. And then people that respond, those are the one he goes back and forth with. So he's testing it out. Uh, he's he's just two weeks into it. Um, you know, the conversion rate or the open rate is is not great. We always condone speaking to, like, distinguish yourself. That's why we have success reflexes. Yeah. You want to distinguish yourself as a cash buyer. He's trying to, you know, give me all this shit. Let me send the email and let's see what sticks. He, he's a kid. They don't have patience. Uh, they want everything like yesterday. So he's trying it out. I don't know if it's successful the way he's doing it, but he wants to try it, and God bless him for doing that.
10: Okay, thanks. Yeah. I'll see
0: you, you I don't know if I answered your question. I think his question, because He's Australian. I think the, sorry, Peter, I want to make sure I understand your question too, because that answer made possible a little bit different. Are you asking how are we sending out 50 per day or per week, or how are we getting to that number?
10: Yeah, more so. I mean, one of the challenges I have is time difference. So it's it's not always easy for me to jump on a phone because of the, I, yeah, the, the I, time I, I difference I have. So.
0: I have a solution for you in that I would do it exactly what how Frank is doing it, but I would do what you learned in Success Reflex. And there's tons of opportunity there at the numbers that you had whether it's with Craigslist where you first started or with LoopNet or with any of the other websites that are available. And I would send an email first and basically say, listen, I'm stuck in Australia with a pandemic, but I'm here, my family's here, and I'm going to get back as soon as I can. But I have some cash parked in the US and I need to use it right the fuck now. And first I would do an opener where it, it distinguishes yourself through the first email hit. Yeah then anyone that does respond that you're getting traction on, then I would pick up the phone and a, a lot of time that makes sense. Cause you're 12 hours difference from the Eastern, if I'm not mistaken. Correct. You're yeah. in Perth, right? If I'm not mistaken, yeah. Peter. So if yeah. you're, yeah. So, you know, eight o'clock at night, eight o'clock in the morning, nine, nine, you know, that's definitely doable, I think. And you could actually schedule people, you know, four calls a day easily. And those four calls will get you deals behind deals, but only call people that have responded or have like, they're already, excited to talk to you so I, yeah, would reverse nice. I would reverse the campaign from what you learned in success reflex from a cold call to a warm call and i think you'll get a lot further traction, a lot further ahead and a lot more results a lot faster because of your time difference
10: yeah great no worries thanks very much does that, that help does a lot yeah
0: yeah because now you can actually apply instantly what as opposed to getting a list that you don't know is going to work with a campaign that you haven't really warmed yourself up to yeah. and I want you to be able to apply something now versus.
10: And even though it's a warm call, still follow the same script that we have in Success Reflex.
0: Well, there's no script. It's it's a general idea because if you follow a script, then you're sounding like everyone else and you'll get nowhere. So you really want to be different. And I would use the fact that you're in Australia with a pandemic and that you're it's a pain in the ass because or arse if you say it that way. Use words that are a little bit different that they would see as interesting and yeah. saying, listen, I'm stuck in Australia. I've got some cash I need to place. It's a pain in the arse. I'm looking for something that's, is if this property is still available or there's some flexibility on price, let me know because I got to place this money like stat. And then they respond, you possibly do an ABC response. And as soon as you have someone that's at least in the direction of a discount, then I would call immediately. Right. Great. Thank you.
2: Okay. Hopefully that helps Peter. Yeah. Stay tuned with my son. I don't know if it will work, but that's uh that's more wiser to be distinguished
0: 100%. Okay, we really got good. Debbie. No, we can't we can't hear Debbie. We don't want No, her. I didn't I didn't unmute yet. Uh, no, I'm was, just kidding. I'm kidding. I'm totally kidding. Oh. I love Debbie. I don't know who Debbie is, but I love her very much.
2: Well, she's Hi. on. Hello Debbie. Hey. So
11: I'm wondering um how you calculate the utility multiplier for RV parks? The ones with um, lot rents, like not the park owned RVs.
0: Well, an RV park by definition is are you talking mobile home park? Because an RV park is an RV that moves. So, and yeah. they should be paying for their own utilities. And there's actually a profit center there. Have you watched the RV videos?
11: Yeah, I watched the RV video and then there was a PDF I printed out. And so the video, it used the 0.7 multiplier for. Utilities, but then the printout breaks it down like either 0.6 if it's paid by owner, 0.65 by owner and tenant, 0.7 if it's paid by tenant.
2: Yes, actually, I know what you're referring to. So a 0.6, so just say if it's park owned and the tenants pay, it's a 0.6 gross multiplier. If it's uh, tenant owned, if it's tenant owned and the tenant pays for utility, then it's a 0.7. And the reason behind that is if the tenant owns their own RV or mobile home park and they're paying utilities, you're saving that 10% difference. And that's why we're going from a 0.6 to a 0.7 differential.
0: I think if what she's saying is true, then it's wrong. Because by well, definition, an RV park, is not something that then it's not an RV park. It's a mobile home. It's a mobile home in an RV park an RV that's acting as a mobile home. It's not technically a true RV park. Well, let me in ask RV you this: park, David, you RVs coming and yeah. Go.
2: yeah, they're on wheels as opposed to on, right? And, they, and they
0: actually do leave. Yes, yes. they do. Leave. So if it's so, a park-owned RV, then it shouldn't be on wheels because someone will steal it. So it should be no .6, .65, 0.6, or 0.6, 0.6, 0.6, .7, right? Unless
4: it's anchored, it's anchored. somehow. Well,
0: Let's, that's not anchored.
4: true. I,
2: we had Marco. We had our park in Tallahassee that we, we had RVs. But,
0: yeah, we did. But the, the wheels were deflated and there's no engine in them. Right. So but that's still not an RV park. True, it's an RV true that. That's yes. In a park. So I'd like to. And it's possible that and I'm not throwing anyone under a bus. I'll throw myself under a bus. There goes Marco. I'm throwing, you know, back and forth. Here I go is I'd like to see that assessment because I understand, Debbie, if you're confused, because I would be confused if I was you. Because that doesn't make any sense. If it's an RV park, technically there should be only RVs. If it's a mix of RV park and mobile home park, then that's different because then you have to do two different calculations based on the homes that are being rented. Or, and I say homes, even if it's an RV, it's technically a home at that point. That's sitting there and static.
11: Okay. And just oh, so your you typical know, typical RV park. park.
0: So yeah, so, sorry, Debbie. So we're always fighting like this, like children between us and trying to make things better. Well, so. we got
2: different points of view from it, right? So, uh, yeah. well, tell me about this one. Is it just strictly all RVs with wheels on them?
11: Yeah, there was one I was looking at and it was just RVs. People pulled in their own RVs and somewhere monthly, overnight, that sort of Point situation.
4: Seven. It's like a low budget hotel.
0: Well, it's 0.7, right? Mm -hmm. It's 0.7. There has to be a manager with a manager that's there to collect. Because an RV you can't have third-party management in an RV park because if someone comes in today and leaves tomorrow, someone has to hook them up, put the power in, put the hookups in, make sure that they have water and they have sewage. And that is done by a management, right? So they have to do all those hookups. They have to read the meter if there's a meter, and then they have to do a hookup fee, disconnection fee explain what's going on. So you have to have a physically, it's a live-in model. There's got to be a couple or a live-in manager that's there that handles things as they come in. So it's 0.7 minus whatever the fee is for the, uh, which is 50,000 or so for your management. So that's how you have to look at it. Okay. That makes sense?
11: Yeah, that does make sense. Like, are there RV parks where some tenants... they. They pay part of the utilities,
0: yeah. There are RV parks that are half RV parks, half mobile home parks, where it's 50/50. Yeah,
2: uh, we had one like that. We had the RV in the part, the RV campground in the front, and then in the perimeters in the back, we all mobile homes, so well, the, you the can ho- have the a hybrid. hotel. That,
0: the hotel that, that I have with uh, CB in the Adirondacks, we're doing a mobile home park, uh, sorry, a RV park on the sides and the back in the back and a campground, so it'll be a hotel slash RV park as well. So. We can expand it to that. So you can do a lot of different things, right? And as long as you understand the model and how the revenue works, then you can do really neat things with the existing assets you have or know what the potential is to increase the value of the asset by saying, I don't want a mobile home park anymore. I just want to do RVs because that's the business that's better in this area. I don't know if that helps you or hurts you, but you have to just look at it from a logical point of view. That's all. Just think logically. If they're always there and they're just not moving, then it's more of a mobile home. Park, But if it's an RV where people are coming in and out, then that's the model you have to use. But as soon as you have something that's not constant every 30 days where there's movement between that, your management fee has to go up because someone has to oversee people coming in and out. So now there's at least 50 grand a year that you have to allocate for that person to live there. So if you have, for example, a property that only makes fifty thousand dollars a year and it costs you fifty thousand, that's for most people. Frank can get it at two hundred dollars for the whole year. Frank has a very special way of paying people, which is awesome. <laughs> but if, unless you're Frank, economics don't work. Anyone else, I can't make the economics work. But Frank has a way of making shit work that I don't know how he does. But he just, send me a ticket. Ticket. just
2: send me a ticket. I'll tell you. I'll tell you the Frank way. Yes. Yeah, yeah. yeah the,
0: pat- a, it's it's a Frank way that I can't talk about because. No, we can't, kill talk you. Yeah. <laughs> kill I you.
2: can't
0: talk about it. Yeah, I just can't talk about it.
2: Yeah, just don't make them walk on plastic. That's it. But hopefully that answers your question, Debbie. Hopefully yeah, we didn't confuse you. you. Uh, but yeah, if you are confused, send in a ticket. We'll clarify it or confuse you more. Okay, it sounds good. <laughs>
8: is, that,
2: is that all the questions you have? You're good. I'm good. Yep. Thanks. All right, appreciate you. Thanks, man. Okay, we got John as the last one in the hopper. So uh, last call before we shut this one down. So, John, let's see uh, where you at, John. Here's Johnny. Here's Johnny. John, we can't end like this. you got to unmute yourself. Look for anything that resembles a microphone, red with a line, across, anything, a pop-up.
8: How's that? Something.
2: Oh, there you go. Just click on everything I was going to say. There you go. We got you.
8: First time participant here, I got a pretty basic question for you. Okay. It may, may even be a dumb question, but-
4: No dumb question. So
8: at our uh, three day last week, I got on the phone and uh, got a guy to send me his OM. I went through all that, sent him back a 3B, he was a cat 3B. And I just wrote him back the standard ABC letter and everything else. And within five minutes, I get a response saying, because I had told him, of course, we were so far apart, I didn't want to insult him and all that. He comes back and said, uh, We'll consider all reasonable responses. So I kind of sat on that and I decided I'd go back and look at what he sent me. And what he had sent me were all pro formas. And when I dug a little deeper, I was able to find out that he was only 60% occupied and I redid all my calculations. And my response to him was, um, as we discussed, I didn't want to insult you. And I said, we don't make offers on properties on pro forma, only on what's actual and a history. And I said, based on that formula would be a very low, do you still want me to send you a bid or an offer? And two minutes later, he comes back, send me any offer. And I'm getting nervous now because he seems (laughs) almost too anxious. And what I'm looking at is the city he's in, when I researched it, has a cap rate average around 5.5. So when I did my uh, strike or value, I used um, between 7.5 and and 8 as a cap to come up with a value or a strike. And now I'm sitting here wondering how far below a strike do I go when I make my first uh, offer to them?
10: Go ahead, Marco.
0: Hang on, I have to unmute myself. Did you look at the rotation of the earth and divided by the hypotenuse of the square root of the asking price divided by the... uh, My computer got
8: old when I tried it.
0: So the reason I'm asking you all this is, it sounds like you did a lot of work on something that is going to be a 3B to begin with, right? Right. So if you're putting in this much work on everything that you're coming across, and this is actually a very good question, John, because a lot of you are making this mistake, is your response was actually perfect. And it actually hurts my feelings for me to say this, because most people are terrible and you've said it extremely well. And I really like correcting people, and I have nothing to correct on your response. It was magically delicious. It was I really good. Say it all, the time. all right. So, oh, is someone now saying that it was hers. Somebody's so, taking
2: the credit, John. Okay. Someone's taking your line.
0: John is the one asking the questions, so John. Gets no, the no okay? it. <laughs> this is recorded, John. Don't worry. So, so, so yes. So I'm gonna edit out the little the person talking on the other side. But it's it was really good. Whoever did it, very good. Now, you didn't have to do all those calculations to do that, and you did it well, and they're saying, the only thing I would add to that is, we don't make offers, and it would be low, but you always have to add in low, quick, and cash. It's a triangle that always has to be together, because no one wants a low offer, ever, because a low offer could be a financed offer. So, it's going to be low, it's going to be quick, but it's going to be cash, and if you want it, we'll give it to you. So, when you're now, and you still want to see it, we'll accept all reasonable offers, whatever that is, the keyword here would be reasonable in what they said in that, well, our, our, our nets are so far apart that any offer I give you is not going, you're not going to see as reasonable because you have a pegged value that's going to be much higher than what ours is. And based on that, it's going to be low, but it's going to be quick and it's going to be cash. And if you want us to give it, we'll be delighted to do that. So you're setting, you're removing the word reasonable from the equation completely and you're explaining why the reasonable is going to be out the window. It's not going to be reasonable based on the differences that you have and we have. Now, the second you have a B, it doesn't matter. All those things that you did don't matter because you've established it's B and it's a three. So you can do that constantly and you got a result within seconds, which is great. And you're waiting, right? So they're the fish. And they're flopping around and they're like, make me an offer. And you're like, they seem really—they want to jump in this boat. And you're wondering why, because process is working. So don't screw it up now. So your next move is going to, one more time, remove reasonable. Just e- I want to make e- sure that you know that e- it's, it's not going to be reasonable because our numbers are so far on our nets. It's going to be very low, but it's going to be quick and it's going to be cash. And if you want to see it, we'll send it to you on the next email.
8: Okay. The interesting part was his second response to me didn't use reasonable. He just said, make me an offer.
0: I understand, but you still want to predicate it because he said it and you didn't. Listen, you've been married long enough to know that when someone says something and you don't pay attention to it, it's going to come and bite you in the ass later. Yes,
8: you do know that.
0: All right. (laughs) He'll edit that part out too, John. (laughs) No, actually, I'm going to keep that one because it proves my point. Does anybody need an assistant? (laughs) (laughs) Nope. (laughs) Nope. (laughs) She's all yours. Are you Are you pawning her off? <laughs> you, you bought it, you keep it. That's it. You, you sure. take her home, it's yours now. There's no returns either. All right, so with the, now I think your question was, how far below strike do you want to go? I think that was your question. I haven't answered it yet. Uh, and the answer is as low as you can go without you being embarrassed to send it.
8: Well, I thought in looking at one of your videos today, you mentioned something like, 66 percent of value
0: sure well 66 percent of value is going to be strike so if you started 66 percent of value you're already above that's right you're you're too you're too high
8: right no i'm not that is strike yeah
0: well 66 percent of strike or 66 percent of value because those are two different things
8: no 66 percent, but when i came up with that number was half of what he's asking or less
0: so tell him Stair my number is well,
8: my, my below, well, yes, you can, Gabriel, well done, yes, yeah. stair-step it. I'm
4: sorry, Gabriel, I Stair-step stair it, step it so basically, it'll be, well, we're well, well, happy well, to make you an offer, but it's going to be less than half of asking, you still want to hear it? Yep. Okay. You don't have to shoot a number, and you can, can ring uh, it down okay. and see. If they say yes, then, then, and then, then you, you, you really shouldn't, shouldn't be embarrassed, embarrassed of sending any up. number.
2: Hey, Gabe, I hear an echo when you talk, I hear you twice, like in stereo.
4: But, yeah, uh, that's because Marco was unmuted or was, yeah, uh, yeah he was unmuted.
2: So is
8: that clear? John? Yes, clear. Thank you.
4: I'm sure.
2: Actually, that's in, if I may add to that, that's, John, that's in the big bag. If you go into the curriculum, yes. it's called the big bag. Uh, watch that video. And if you want, you can formulate your ABC response or your response to the agent and send it to deals. And uh, myself or Gabe will, will take a look at it.
4: Okay. Yeah. And yeah, don't go digging too deep in terms of. All that information, your frankylitis.
2: Yes, I went through that for eight months. It was horrible, John. Don't do it. Don't All right. It. Take his advice. All right. Well, thank you for that. Did we, we got you covered. We we're good. You're good. Thank you. All right. Okay. We got one last one. George Compton came in. So, George, you're ending the show. George is always the buzzer beater. Where is he? George. Here we go. George, you are the last one on today's jam, special jam edition. George, you got to talk to us. That's how it works. George, start pressing Unmute. buttons. George! Press everything. Oh, my goodness, George. Going
4: once. We can't Great end the question. show like this. Great question, George.
2: I'm going twice. George. Oh my goodness, George. All right. Your phone well, is George screwing to, up. Well, I don't know what George, that means.
0: Just, just what's what's that me, George? I'll be able to help you on Friday. Worst case scenario. Sorry, George. George well George George is he's a good, very, very good guy. I he love is. Him. All I right. love George. Not that I don't love everyone else. I just I've been working with George a while and he's just a good human all around through and through.
2: All right. I think we're done. The cues are exhausted. No more cues. No more cues. Uh, well, we want to thank those that had a question. I hope those that's sitting passively learned as well. Very good questions tonight. I enjoy doing it, Marco. It's always good to see you. I can't wait to see you in person. Actually, kind of a little I don't, bit I
0: don't know what your I don't know what your legs look like anymore. Yeah. I have no idea. since we saw each other? Pardon? It's been what a year and a half since I've seen you.
2: Oh my goodness! Since the pandemic, I was at your house when who announced the pandemic? Uh, last March, success reflex, March twenty twenty. Where's the last time I was at your house oh. doing success reflex? So that's like three months ago. No, 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 2020, my
0: friend. I'm teasing you. Yeah, I'm, I'm excited.
2: Matter. So hopefully we got some things planned that we can see each other in August. So I'm looking. Uh, I'm very excited. I'll about. be back in. Ca-
0: I think I'll be back in Canada next week to check up on my dad. So and I was planning to actually stay over the, and uh, but anyway, things to take care of. Can't be in two places at the same time. So I'm just gonna end it if that's okay, since this is kind of sort of maybe a. Podcast at the same time. This is actually episode 99 and 99.69. I think that's what we landed on since episode 100 will officially be all three of us together in one place. And this is an excerpt of what a jam session looks like when uh, students pop in, ask questions, we answer them and always have a lot of fun doing that. And I'm hardly ever here in these gem sessions. It's led by uh, Frank and Gabe and uh, you guys do an awesome job. I love you very much and appreciate you all. And again, this is all about developing skill sets and understanding so you can develop the machine that will really get you as many opportunities as possible and just spit them out over and over and over again. And by having those skill sets and mastering those skill sets, You can really generate as much money as you want so you never have to work again and that's why we do this so passionately and do things that run half hour one hour late all the time because we just want to help people and we really want to help you get results so frank gabe love you very much for your passion your your dedication your you guys are staying up till sometimes one two in the morning taking care of business you don't have to at all and i just want to really acknowledge you for all the effort that you do and even though I'm on vacation, people still get the attention they deserve, and I really love you both for it and really admire you both really as well. So thank you very much, not only as colleagues, but as a, a really good friend. You guys are just phenomenal humans, and I really appreciate you very much.
2: Well, thank you so for those kind words. It's, yes.
0: it's it's We enjoy doing it. Really we enjoy fun. doing it. Yep. Well, we, I, I, I love you guys very much. And, uh, and of course, students as well. If it wasn't for you guys, we'd be talking to each other, not knowing what the hell to do with our lives because we got shit that we don't know what to do. We have time and we want to help you guys. So we appreciate you as well. And again, as a listener, if this is a podcast that you're just listening to, stumbling upon, like it, love it, share it. And we just want to give you as much content as possible to enrich your life and help you Make as much money so you can really in help the causes that you believe in and just have more disposable income, so you have more free time and less stress, and really have more sex because the more money you have, the more sex you have, right? This is not how it works. Anyway, I don't know if I should edit that out, but it was a lot of fun to say. Thanks, guys. <laughs> have a great night. <laughs>
2: Bye for now. Hey, guys. Have a good evening.
1: Take care. If you like this episode of Big Fat Real Estate Checks, then show some love by leaving a comment and a good rating. Also, as a thank you for tuning in today, we've got a special free gift. The journey to passive cash flow for life starts by finding deals, and it's easier than you think. Simply go to GetDealsByTuesday.com, enter your email address, and we'll send you a free quick start course called Deals by Tuesday, even if it's 11pm Monday night. This course will show you how to find discounted real estate deals by Tuesday. It's that fast and simple. Go to GetDealsByTuesday.com and start your journey toward life-changing cash flow today. Thanks for tuning in, and we'll see you on the next episode.